1: Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about never wrong, right? Do you know anybody, and I'm sure every single person, if you're listening to this program, has somebody in your life that just has to be right all the time? You know, we all make mistakes, and we do so with regularity. Sometimes errors are small, such as, you know, we didn't need to stop the store. There's plenty of milk left and then find out there's no milk or don't rush me. We have plenty of time to get the airport before the flight leaves and we miss the flight. You know, it's just some things happen in life. Some things happen. No one enjoys being wrong. It's an unpleasant emotional experience for everyone. The question is, how do we respond when it turns out we were wrong? And when there wasn't enough milk left for coffee and when we hit traffic and missed the flight and when we find out the man who sat in jail for five years based on our identification was innocent all along. You know, some of us admit we're wrong and say, oops, you're right, we should have gotten more milk. Some of us kind of imply we were wrong, but we don't do so explicitly in a way that is satisfying to the other person. You know, we had plenty of time to get to the airport on time if traffic hadn't been unusually bad, but fine, we'll leave earlier next time. You know, some people refuse to admit they're wrong, even in the face of overwhelming evidence. You know? Uh, You know, it's just amazing how people will go through life and push off the truth off themselves. And the only major quality that defines us, one of the greatest major qualities, not the only, but the greatest, is the ability that defines us as an adult to actually take responsibility, when we take responsibility, we have a thing called integrity. And integrity is vastly important if you want to have people in your life when you're old and frail. If you don't want anybody to come around, then don't have any integrity. If you don't wanna have anybody in your life to support you and you wanna go through divorce after divorce, don't have integrity because that's what will happen. Take accountability is the number one factor. And if you're raising children, that is also a part of the value system in which we all have to teach our children if they're going to have a successful life in their adult life. you know. But some people, just can't do it. And a lot of these folks are narcissistic. But the, you know, the the, the example of the milk and the flight there, you know, it's probably familiar to some of us. You know, uh, we accept responsibility fully or partially, sometimes very, 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 very partially. But we don't push back against the actual facts. We don't claim there was enough milk when there wasn't and that we're that we're not late to the airport. You see, that is just standing up and saying, I screwed up. I screwed up. There's a lot of respect in the idea of the saying, I messed up. But what, what is it about a person that, that does push back? against the facts. What is it? You know, when they simply cannot admit they were wrong in any circumstance, what is their psychological makeup that makes it impossible for them to admit they were wrong, even when it's obvious that they were wrong? And why does this happen so repetitively in our society? Why do they never admit they were wrong? Well, If you go and we watch this, by the way, when we watch the White House answer questions, that's what they do. They defer. They defer they defer. No accountability ever, ever. As a matter of fact, that's the one thing that keeps politicians alive is the fact that they never take accountability for anything. But the answer is related to their ego. And it's a very – their very sense of who they are, which is not really who they are. It's their persona of who they are. You know, a fragile ego leads to attempts to distort reality. So some people have such a fragile ego, such such a brittle self-esteem, such a weak psychological constitution that admitting they made a mistake or that they were wrong is fundamentally too threatening for their egos to tolerate. And accepting they were wrong, absorbing the reality, would be so psychologically shattering their defense mechanisms do something remarkable to avoid it. They literally destroyed their perception of reality to make it reality and it less threatening. And their defense mechanisms protect their fragile ego by changing the very facts in their mind so they're no longer wrong or culpable and they actually believe their own crap. It's amazing. And as a result, they come up with statements such as, I checked in the morning and there was enough milk, so someone must have finished it. When it's pointed out that no one was home after they left in the morning, so no one could have done that. They double down and repeat, someone must have, because I checked and there was milk. As though some phantom broke into the house, finished the milk and left without a trace. You know, it's just amazing. People like that insist that their erroneous identification of, of, let's say, a robber was, was correct despite DNA evidence and a confession from a different person. You know, when confronted, they'll continue to insist or pivot to attacking anyone who tries to argue otherwise and to disparage sources of contradictory information. So people who repeatedly exhibit the inability to admit they're wrong is is psychologically a fragile person. However, that assessment is often difficult for people to accept because to the outside world, they look as if they're confidently standing their ground and not backing down and things we associate with strength. But psychologically, rigidity is not a sign of strength. It is an indication of weakness. And these people are not choosing to stand their ground. They're compelled to do that to protect their own fragile persona of who they think they are. Admitting we are wrong is unpleasant. It is a bruising for any ego, but it takes a certain amount of emotional strength and courage to deal with that reality and own up to our mistakes. Most of us sulk a bit when we have to admit we're wrong, but we get over it, and that's the point. It's just amazing. But when people are constitutionally unable to admit they're wrong— They cannot tolerate the very notion that they are capable of mistakes. And it's because they suffer from an ego so fragile that they cannot sulk or get over it. They are so insecure in this life that they cannot do anything else but try to protect themselves by a perception that they continue to consistently and inconsistently Throw up, and and, and throw up, I mean literally put up in front of them, but throw up is a good term. The other part of it is they use social media these days to personify their ego as if they are something that they aren't, and so many people will use their social media and hide behind social media in order to allow themselves to be seen in a certain way. You know, how we respond to people that can't take accountability is, you know, one mistake we should not make is to consider their persistent and rigid refusal to admit they're wrong as a sign of strength or conviction because it's absolutely insecurity, psychological weakness, fragility. But that doesn't mean we have to continue holding them accountable for being right because some people cannot do it. They're simply incapable. And so what we have to learn is we have to be strong enough to walk away from people like that because they are toxic. People that can't admit they are wrong are very toxic because their perception of the world, their perception of reality is the only perception of reality they will allow themselves to accept. Everything else is wrong and their judgment of everyone else, including their partner is in life will be wrong whenever it's convenient and that is a sad truth we all make mistakes uh, you know but the, the, you know the, some mistakes are minor you know is, but we have to understand that, that when people have that fragile brittle self-esteem Um, They have very little bit of what's called a psychological constitution, which means that's the laws in which they follow do not allow them to integrate into society and into other people's lives. They have to hold themselves away from people in life, despite the fact that, you know, that we all live in a society. So they separate themselves in order to try to uh, protect themselves. You know, they try to uh, uh, put themselves up as if they're an expert. You know, some people, even in their field, let's see doctors, you know, there's therapists, there are little lawyers, they are wrong. Sometimes they're wrong. And it's just as important for people who have degrees and intelligence and expertise in certain areas to say, hey, I screwed up, I was wrong. You know, and that is a real person. That is somebody who is strong enough in this life to admit when they're wrong and take accountability for the damage that may have happened when they were wrong. You know, it's it's painful, though. It's painful. But, you know, warping our perception of reality and challenge obvious facts to defend not being wrong in the first place is a very stupid thing to do. Unfortunately, people do this. Our job in life, if we think about it, coming through the vision of communication, our job is very, very simple. We need to be good listeners. If we can do that, we will be very powerful, influential people. If we are talkers and not listeners, and all we do is talk and personify ourselves and put ourselves first, our value in life goes down immensely, because people are not stupid. They know when they're dealing with a narcissist. They know when they're dealing with somebody whose ego is so fragile that they can never be wrong. And so having to deal with someone like that can be very, very, very frustrating for all people in life to have to deal with. Listening, and the better part of listening that's so important, is actually having compassion for someone's meaning about what they're talking about. Having compassion for how important it is. When they're communicating something that is important to them, we should not tell them a story about us that one-ups their story. That's another thing people that need to be right do. They one-up other people to try to make themselves look better than anybody that's communicating to them but what we should be doing is saying, I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is, I get it. You know, if we have more compassion in this life and less trying to solve the problem and less trying to be right, our marriages, our relationships, our life would go so much better. However, every time we're talked to, we have to give what's called emotional reciprocity where we give it back. We give what we get back. No, that's not life. Don't give back anything. Don't tell anybody how to solve a problem unless they ask you to. Just shut up and validate. That's all we have to do. You know, these people that have to be right, they call themselves analytical, and they call themselves deep thinkers, and they want everybody to think how smart they are because they have all the answers, and they know exactly what's right. And yes, they will collect evidence over life over time, especially in a marriage, they will collect evidence to prove that every time it's important they are right. They will say, how about this time? And how about this time? And how about this time? And they will do that bias research to collect evidence to say I'm 100% right and you're a 100% wrong almost every single time. That's what they wanna tell you and now you have to go through life being wrong while they're being right. Well, how does that feel to be wrong? It, it sucks and it creates depression, it creates anxiety, it creates a disrespect and a rage. that's That in itself creates what's called passive aggressive behavior where we stuff it and stuff it and stuff it and stuff it and then somebody does something stupid Uh, that that's thematic with things that we've been stuffing and we blow up like a like a nuclear weapon and everybody thinks we're crazy but the fact is we've been stuffing it for so long because the crazy maker the need to be right person has been driving us absolutely crazy you know no one on earth is mistake-free but if you're unlucky and an individual dig in their heels insist they're right even when all the evidence suggests they're wrong it's a maddening situation for anybody but in business it can be disastrous it creates conflict that hinders productivity or affects your ability to move forward with or give proper information and to appropriate individuals people in power Thrive on bending the facts and the details in order to warp your perception of how successful they really are. Look at our president. He will bend every fact in the world that has anything to do with him to make himself look good. And everybody around him will do the same thing. And it's really sad, but we have a a liar in chief. And, uh, you know, it's the way it is. We elected this monster. I guess we elected them. And uh, now we got it. And, uh, you know, but people that have to be right will find themselves in power. They oftentimes are fairly charming. But the problem is, is that they dig their heels in and they stop listening and they stop thinking consultatively. That's the way life is best lived is we draw from the resources around us of people who have studied and done great things, and we garner their opinions because they've done the work. We didn't do the work. They did it. So we don't sit there and go for research bias that makes us feel right, which unfortunately is what politicians do. But what we have to do is actually think out of the box and go to people in the real world doing real work. And go to them and find out the real truths that will help us achieve better things for each other. You know, to deal with people that have to be right. You know, if you want to be the, the 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 person to admit they're wrong, your biggest job is to build the other person up. So if you're always wrong, you want to build that other person up. And I know that sounds crazy. Um, you know, you have to convince them that they're infallible, and it isn't a, sen- a sentence to isolation or something even worse. But if you point out as many successes as you can in practical, casual ways, you give them more opportun- opportunities to gain small wins so that they feel good. You offer compliments. you provide examples of when you were wrong yourself. You describe how you grew and the positive outcome that came from it. You know, be a, a friend, listen, offer information. This is the opposite of what we want to do. When we have somebody that never wants to be wrong and never can admit being wrong, we just want them to suffer. We want to just outright knock them, off, knock their block off, you know. But if you go at them with compassion, what will happen is they break down and they may actually evolve and learn from you that it's okay to be wrong. You know, sometimes people with very limited understanding of emotional intelligence have to be right all the time, have a very unsettling lack of understanding of how to actually be humble and admit you're wrong and the value that that may bring. So if we forgive and have integrity in our speech and our behavior so that the wrong person learns that they can trust you, what may happen is that person may evolve into a better human being. You know, but there's another element that could come into play too. admitting that you're wrong means that you're openly yourself up to learning and changing yourself. But in most cases, it's a great thing, but it's also work and it can be difficult to do introspection all the time and grow. But some people would rather, you know, hunker down in their comfort zones and put up extra effort to try to show that they are the right person. You know, your job is to convince them to change. While it's not easy, what you're doing is you're influencing them. You are not in charge. You are not the one who's going to control them, but you are influencing them to be a better human. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about dealing with these crazy maker need to be right people. So come back.
0: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. It's time to serve, learn, change the world, that's easy enough but if you want to send an email it will take some thinking got a pen the email address is drgb at sbcglobal.net or you can just click on email host on the voice america page now back to dr gary bell's absurd psychology
1: welcome back everybody we're talking about these crazy maker never wrong people Yes, yes, we all have them in our life, unfortunately. You know, but the way that we want to be when we're receiving somebody who's never wrong is we want to ask them questions to get them thinking about what they believe and do and paint a picture of better things that are possible beyond what they're thinking. You know, if we model an expectation that that they accept the idea that they can be wrong, that helps them understand that they can be wrong and it's safe. If we help them set small, achievable goals, provide rewards, positive feedback when they reach them, that can be a helpful thing. If we set them up with others who can support them or help, that in itself is another wonderful thing. You know, remove simple barriers to behavior change such as uh, resources or an inflexible schedule is another way that we can help them succeed. What we wanna do, and it sounds crazy, but we want to help their ego heal. We want them to integrate their ego into their person. That means that they become the person that they are rather than the ego that they personify themselves to be. We want to bring them back to the humbleness of living. And that in itself is very helpful for people that always have to be right. It's better to always be the best listener in the room. The wisest person in the world is the best listener. I guarantee it. Whether the wrongdoer has an ego problem or too much of a work problem or aim to provide and improve all of the things we can. We want to provide them with personal motivation, uh, internal drivers and desires, whether you want to do it. Make an uh, undesirable desirable. You know, I would rather – hear why you're wrong i would have rather hear you know i often ask people that have to be right and they're very rigid i will often ask them to make the case for the their, their partner the one who they call wrong i ask them to empathize with their position and understand it can you communicate what your wife is wanting can you communicate what your husband is asking of you what do you think they need from you? And actually hearing them verbalize it and hearing themselves verbalize it often creates what's called a, an epiphany, a, a moment of clarity where they actually understand for the first time how they're coming across and what they're denying of their partner. The other, Also, there's a the social motivation that we want, whether... You know, when we have others that that are willing to hear and we teach them how to hear, we help them collect friends where they begin to connect with other people and make other people just as important as they make themselves. By doing that, we have relationships, and that helps bring them down just a little bit. Also, uh, a structural motivation, you know, setups that encourage you to prioritize one thing over another – In a certain person's desire to be right, what's so important is for us to give them an opportunity not only to be wrong, but to gain reward and understand that they're being wrong and admitting they're wrong creates a reward in itself, and and, and, and that that personal ability allows them to join life and creates the problem of not having to connect themselves with the need to be right at all times. You know, it's, it's very important for all of us to begin to understand that you don't, you know, that, you know, if you don't click well with other people, that may be the problem, that you have the problem, the need to be right. You may actually go, I have no friends in my life because I need to be right all the time. If you're going to be that way, if you're going to function that way, that means everybody else is lesser than you. That sucks. Now, there's some great, successful, wonderful people out there who have this problem. There's some people out there in this world that just cannot, they are so defensive, they just cannot stand to have the idea that they are wrong. How could I be so successful in this life? How could I have done so many great things? How can I always be, always come out on top if I wasn't always right? Well, that's a terrible assumption. We don't always want to be right. We wanna learn from everything. There is no right or wrong. There is a, what are you gonna learn? It's an opportunity to learn, and it's powerful for us to have that. It's called experiential learning. Very important part of our life. You know, you, you can't have normal conversations with people who need to be right. You have to navigate with these people, and that creates a lot of energy. And nobody wants to be disrespected Because not being heard means you are going to be disrespected. Well, what does disrespect do? Disrespect creates rage. And if you're married to a turd like this, then you have to have the fear that your life is going to be covered with the need to be wrong or you being wrong and their need to be right all the time. So that also creates rage. And nobody lives well when they have to live with rage. And if you live with somebody that needs to be right, we need to find ways to diminish that person's role in your life or help them become a human being. You know, uh, counseling is a good way to help friends. But I can't tell you how many times you see couples in counseling and there's one who just can't help but have to step over the other person when they're talking and need to be right and correct every little thing that that person says. They, God forbid they heard somebody else's perception of who they are and what they are. Oh no, that's wrong because you forgot about this and you wanted to do this and this and this. What you got to understand is you have to own people's perception of you first. You cannot buy your own crap. You have to own that because that's where you start with people if you want to have a relationship. You don't sit that, sit on your own crap and say this is the truth and this is always the truth and you're wrong about this and you're wrong about that. That's a childish, stupid thing to do. Unfortunately, if you're doing counseling, you see that all the time. These childish people who have to be right and think they're your parent and you are just a child who doesn't have an opinion and who doesn't have a worldly understanding of anything in this lifetime. You know, when you really stop and think about it, it takes a lot of self-confidence and self-awareness to be able to admit you're wrong, be corrected, and hear out opposing points of view. When someone is able to do those types of things, it means that they are humble, they're willing to learn, and they don't feel threatened by those who, who will not always totally agree with them. What it boils down to is when people can't pull these types of feats off, it's usually an indication that they were the opposite of confident and self self-aware. They're either function of a space or a pure, wide, deep-rooted insecurity in their life in which they have to hide behind their truth, and that's all that they can integrate. Chances are, if you're married to a know-it-all, it transpired years before you came along. And I know some people who are that way because of how they were raised. I know some people who are that way because they're narcissists in denial. I know some people who are that way because their job requires that they're always in authority and always correct. and and with little room for error. So they don't know how to turn that side of them off once they step into their own home. You know, the bottom line is, if you really think through uh, people that have to live in perfectionistic environments, like inventing the Hubble telescope or the Webb telescope or or having to do engineering and perfectionistic things or having to do uh, architecture in very perfect ways, the more perfect that we have to be, the more psychotic we become. And that's the truth, because we, we obsess on perfection, yet we are not perfect. And yet, even if we invent something that we believe is perfect, I can guarantee you it will evolve beyond where it is over the next generation, over a lifetime, over centuries. It will evolve. It won't just stay the same. And so the bottom line is we never really get to perfect. And the more perfectionistic we try to be as human beings, especially in our communication with each other, no, you're wrong because yeah, I said this and you forgot you said that, blah, 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 going on back and forth. You know, that's this person trying to make you believe that anytime you open your mouth, you have to be perfect. Otherwise, they will tell you why you're wrong and you will they will tell you why they're right. And they think that makes them look good. But what it makes them... Really look like is a turd sandwich. And it's sad, but people have to live that way. If you're going to be married to somebody who's like that and you're going to allow them to exhibit that behavior in front of your children, it's going to shut your children down too. And so that's why I say we have to come at these people because they're insecure, because they're weak. We have to come at them with compassion and strength and try to get them to understand why it's important in this life to admit we're wrong. It's called adulthood. Very important thing to do. Unfortunately, perfectionistic people, egotistical people want everybody else to be perfect but themselves. So, you know, we, if I'm not a big uh, fan of, of, of passive aggressive, that someone has to be like a teapot, always collecting and collecting and collecting and then blowing and acting like a crazy person. That's That passive-aggressive behavior is induced by these people who then have the need to be right. They surround themselves with passive-aggressive people because they've shut their voice down for so long that if they have children, their poor children don't even know who they are when they get into their adult life because that right and wrong person, they were never able to get influence. They were never able to influence, understand, or be honored by that person. You know, it's really sad. So we, when we surround ourselves, if, if you're a right or wrong person, you're going to surround yourself with passive-aggressive people who are going to blow up on you, and then you're going to tell them how crazy they are for blowing up on you, needing to be right again. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. While it's important to make your points known, it's really important to hear other people's perceptions. We all have feelings, and that means we are not going to always be right. We speak through meaning. That means somebody, something may be important to us. And if we don't allow that person's meaning to be heard, that person gets shut down. You know, if I'm going to tell you a story about somebody that I love that passed away. It's not going to be about that logic about that person. What it's going to be about is emotion and the loss and the meaning of that person in my life. You know, and, and if you're going to be an idiot who has to be right all the time, you'd be correcting all my memories of that person and never even thinking about acknowledging the feelings that I have. The deal is in relationships, it's all about your feelings. It's all about your meaning. If we don't understand meaning and feelings first, we don't understand the logic because we never allow the feelings to get vented to get to the logic. But you see these analytical people who think they have to be robotic, they, they, they don't even want to think about somebody else's feelings. That's just not important. But it is because without feelings, we never get anything done. Our feelings are exactly what fuels us to do hard things. But the people that have to be right, that's their motivator to be right. And so they go after perfectionistic things that they think they can control, and then the more of that that they can focus on, the greater their life becomes because they can control something and it proves them right. And then what? They have no relationships because that becomes their motivator. The need to be right, if that is what's part of their work and that's what's a part of their life and that's what they go for – They will seek that in every relationship they have, too, because that's what they believe they're supposed to do in a relationship because the need to be right has motivated them to invent whatever they created. You know, we want to know something tends to be a a signature trait to know it all's. They are defensive. They actually have former people in their life that that uh, can leave a trail of tears where everybody in their life is going, oh, my God, that person had to be right all the time. I finally, you know, I had a chance to get away from him and I discovered that I was actually somewhat right about some things and I actually did have an opinion for once. You know, it, it's, it's amazing to us that, you know, if you're a fan of insecurity, that's something that would drive anybody crazy. A person that needs to be right also finds that they think they are great leaders. Unfortunately, they use their leadership as power. And so the sad part is the people that are truly successful and respected in leadership, if they're going to be that way, if they're going to be in position of leadership, that's people who support other people, allow people to have mistakes, make as many mistakes, but then let's find a solution. Let's find our way through our problems. Let's know we're going to have problems And know that we're going to solve problems. That's what we do. And that's how we learn. And when we teach other people that it's safe to make mistakes and it's safe to actually come up with new solutions based on mistakes, that is a great thing. Great leaders do that. Unfortunately, perfectionists will condemn you for life if you're not perfect in their eyes. But if you hold them to the same light, they'll squeal like a pig. You know – If you're a person who happens to be married to the know-it-all bully, it's important to keep in mind that you are an adult and they are not your teacher. They're not your parent. While you do love them, there are still certain strategies that you must apply that you can remain sane in your marriage. So what you do is, if they come at you and they try to be your parent, you know, you didn't wash the dishes. Don't come back to them and say, well, you didn't do, 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 because that's you praying to parent them back to get vengeance for parenting you. What you want to do is say, you know, I just need you to tell me what the deal is and tell me what you're feeling. And I'll listen, but if you're going to project on me that I'm stupid or I'm a child You're not bringing out the best part of me and we're not going to have a very good conversation. So, you know, you need to demand. you worked your way out of childhood in order to have the respect of being an adult. You need to put the boundary up to say, hey, I'm an adult. I'm not a kid. Don't talk to me like that. You're not going to do that. You're not going to get away with that. I'm not going to live like this and feel like I'm a child my whole life. Not going to happen. We have to stop that kind of stuff. And boundaries are limits. And when people come at us and challenge us, we tell them what we can do. What I can do is have an adult conflict with you. What I can't do is be treated like a child. I am not a child. I've grown up. I've got responsibilities. And I'm not going to view myself through your eyes as you seeing me as a child. And until you can get that, don't confront me. You know, and that's the kind of strength we have to have as people. We have to teach people how to talk to us. If we allow them to talk to us as children, we'll stuff it and stuff it and stuff it, and then we will blow on them, and everybody's going to think we're crazy. And the kids, if they see you stuffing and stuffing and stuffing, and they hide behind you, and you blow like a crazy person at your spouse— They're going to think you're crazy, too, and they're going to start aligning with the need-to-be-right spouse. So we really have to think about how to deal with this horrible, horrible, insecure, fragile ego problem. But it is pertinent, and it's out there, and there's so many people in this world like this, and they don't even know it. They don't even know they're the problem. They have no idea. And we have to have compassion for that. Because I imagine if they understood what they're doing and they saw what they were doing, they would want to correct it too because they would see how insecure and how lowly and how sad they are as a person by having to communicate in that way. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back.
0: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951 818 7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America
1: page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about people who are never wrong. They just need to be right. Anywho anyone. Anyone out there who is stressed about being right all the time, that is someone who has to feel vulnerable a lot. And I say a lot of times to people that vulnerable is is not a place anybody wants to be because that means you're always on the defensive. It means you're open to moral attack, criticism, temptation. And that is the last thing that anybody should feel in each other's presence in a relationship. And, you know, if if we were in order to know it all spouses to be able to work through their pride and their insecurity issues, they need to feel safe in admitting they're wrong. And this is where we can help them by assuring them from time to time that they don't have to perform. They don't have to win a debate. They can feel more valued only if they're always right. Believe it or not, it can actually start to calm them down and become more open to error and correction. Emotional safety, being the safe harbor, that's what I call it, is a critical for life and longevity. If you wanna come home as a married couple to a third world harbor where you could be killed at any time, that's what you'll come home to if you have a partner who has to be right all the time. You know, we make sure to convey to that partner that if they're suffocating you with their need to be right is unsafe and you can't attach to them that way and the more we're going to grow apart if you keep coming at me and not wanting to be a good listener wanting to be right stepping over every word i have to say in order to put your opinion first trying to solve every problem that i have when i'm simply venting never a good thing it's not going to make us grow together You know, the know-it-all can learn how to be more humble and human, which would be nice if they were humble and human. You know, they can see that a good marriage doesn't need someone who is never wrong. It requires two people who are willing to do whatever is needed to get things done, which means being wrong sometimes. You know, how funny is that? But the bottom line is, if we think about it, and this is the lost value, because we're also tribalistic in this culture. We are also unwilling to talk about things like politics and and, and religion without cutting each other's throats and education. You know, it, it would be nice. It would be nice if we'd go back to the values that once were taught that everybody is more right than they are wrong. Everybody is more good than they are bad. If we started to look for the good and stopped worrying about the things that we don't agree with, if we focus on things that we do agree with, we will see the value of each of us as human beings. That's important. However, in this world, we want to make everything lazy and easy, black and white, you're this, you're that, you said this, so this means you're that, and I'm gonna behave to you like that, I'm gonna call you names like that, and this is the way it's gonna be, you know? We are so extreme because we're so lazy as a culture, and then we do we have a biased media that will bend and and help us implicate uh, the idea that this person is all of this and this person is all of that you know it's really sad that we don't have the wisdom and the value of looking deep deeper into each other from a sense of more right than we are wrong, more acceptable than unacceptable. You're okay. I'm okay. Life's okay. We can treat adults like adults. We can treat children as if they have an adult self. We can give them that respect. Unfortunately, we're all trying to influence each other. We're all trying to control each other. And so we use our bias research to prove how right we are. And our culture is reinforcing that across the world over and over and over again, that each of us has to be right rather than each of us should be learning from each other. You know, uh, if for some reason, people who need to be right, they think that being wrong means they're unworthy. From some conceding that they're actually fallible can evoke a deep psychological anxiety regarding the risk of consequences associated with their loss or failure. And, 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 and I think the reason some can't apologize is actually because they don't like to be wrong because it, it is seen as an inherent character flaw. It's like point, uh, having everybody point their gun at you and with a reason because you're wrong. But, you know, f- for non-apologists, their rational need to be always perfect rules the ego and they feel they're messed up uh, or uh, and, and, and unforgivable and so everybody else who can't ma- meet up to our perfectionistic strategies as the need to be right are total messed up they're messed up and they're full of mistakes and they have no value in whatever their solutions are or what they have to say you know the difficulty admitting failure largely comes from the unrealistic expectation that we're, we're supposed to get it right all the time what is right right is relative it's relative when, it's t- when you're talking about human beings communicating, you're not right. You're partially right, maybe. Maybe you've got some truth in what you're saying. But so do other people. And so do other people's perceptions. They may see something you don't. You know, we, we are so subjective to ourselves, uh, you know, by, by uh, securing ourselves with an ego and allowing people just to see that. But people do see through an ego, believe it or not. They understand, they have a thing called intuition, which allows people to actually read people who are putting on a performance. That's a lot of work, especially if you're going to do that in marriage and, and make your partner have to respond to that and make your children have to respond to them and make people at work have to respond to you like that. It's a lot of work to deal with people that have to be right. You're always having to navigate in very difficult seas with these kind of people. You know, uh, 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 people appearing apologetic is congruent with appearing weak, but they could be more wrong because a good leader admits their mistakes. We all, that means I know I may screw up, but I will fix it. I will fix it. Have faith in me. I will fix it. That's what we need to do. Have faith in each other. Ask for faith when we make a mistake. Ask for faith. I need you to have faith in me. I don't expect you to trust me. Get to trust when you get there. But have faith in me. I learned from this mistake. While I personally you know, value truth and honesty, uh, but I, I've learned that I truly value meaning more than honesty and facts. I value meaning because that is what's important to people. Meaning. And if we want to have a life that is magnetic, We have to validate people's meaning, what they feel important to them. If someone feels that sports is important to them, we need to validate that meaning. We don't want to take it away from them. When other people have meaning, we want to validate their meaning. It may be knitting or something like that. Maybe that's important to them. Maybe their children is important to them. So we surround themselves with with resources to help them with their children. That's what's important to them. We need to honor each person's meaning. That is so much more important than facts and details. If we want to live a good life, if we want to have a lot of memories, if we want to be a person that has a legacy that's remembered beyond their life, then do, deal with people and their meanings and their feelings first. And you will get somewhere. And then you will have the voice. If you have wisdom, you will have the voice to be heard. But that means you've got to back off the need to be right. The need to be right is fake. It's weak and it's stupid. And if you're going to go through life with the need to be right, you're going to struggle with life in general. You are swimming upstream in a tsunami. You know, taking political discussions is an example. You know, so some experts say some people who eat up the fake news propaganda might not value facts when it comes to the truth. The expert warns people that will literally say, "I don't really care." Some people just don't want to hear the facts. They won't want to hear what they want to hear. That's why they go to the news. And that's why we have messed up CNNs and Foxes and, and MSNBCs, because they bend their news to their audience, because that forces those people's need to be right. They don't care about the value of their truth. They care more about their audience, and being able to be paid to be able to expout points of view with uh, research bias. You know, think about the word toxic. You might get an apology out of someone toxic, but it won't be a genuine one. The only time they'll apologize is to manipulate you into giving them what they want, to trick you into believing they deserve forgiveness. Forgiveness is best understood if we work from the idea that What were you intending when you did this? How did you decide that this was going to be the best thing to do? When you challenge someone's perception and when you challenge their outcomes, do not ask people why questions. Why questions are motive-based. People will lie to you. Your children will lie to you when you ask them a why question. It's offensive. Ask them what or how because that means I'm looking for forgiveness. When we're challenging someone who has to be right, What we want to do is get their thought process that led them to their conclusion. You know, of course, they're never going to give you an apology. You know, if they apologize for cheating on you, they'll throw in details about how it was all your fault because you didn't have sex with them for the past month or whatever. You know, they'll give themselves an out. They'll be glad You can scream at them and they can curse them out and they'll calmly present the facts to them. But it's not going to make a difference. They have a talent for shape-shifting reality. They create their own truth and then they try to get as many different people to believe their truth as possible, so in the end, when you're the one who seems crazy, you're the one who seems wrong, and you, my friend, have now been gaslighted. Yes, that is the greatest technique of all, is to make you look crazy and me not. I have all the facts, you don't. If you have a partner who's not fact-based, who argues from an emotional standpoint, and you're an analytical, You're always going to overpower them with your facts, even if it's biased and wrong. If you have the need to be right, you will always be proving them wrong. And that's why oftentimes partners who are very emotional and have a tendency to make more meaningful decisions rather than logical decisions, those meaningful decisions will be criticized, and they will be put down, and they will be taught to think they're crazy. So if you're going to deal with the need-to-be-right person, you want to be a good, active listener, Repeat back what they're telling you. Allow them to hear this crap that they're saying to you. Help them problem solve. You know, you can can initiate conflict resolution by clarifying the problem without resorting to blame. And then you can disconnect. Take a time out and take a time back. You know, in a half hour, let's do this as adults. I don't like this the way this is going. You just have to be right all the time. And I'm really sick of it because I have no voice. And here we are stuck with each other, and I'm just going to have to hear why you're right all the time. If you can listen, if you can actually step back and listen, and I know you have it in you, if you can actually do that, maybe we can solve some things. But you're going to have to listen because we're married. And getting a divorce, you never know who you divorce until you divorce them. Because when you divorce, that's when you really get to know the person you're married to. And if you're going to be the need-to-be-right person It's probably going to be a very expensive divorce. And so we really need to think about how we're coming across as people because it does cost us. It costs us opportunities, costs us relationship, it costs us marriage, it costs us children, it costs us friendships, it costs us faith, it costs us a whole lot of things to need to be right person. And so what we have to do is be compassionate. I know you have to be right. I know it's really important to you, but you also have to listen. You have to listen to, I need you to do that because I want you to be a better person. I need you to do that because you're in my life. I need you to actually want to hear. If you did that, you would become a much better person. So if you want to win in a battle with the need to be right person, stay calm, support their claims of evidence, state the facts versus opinions, choose your battles wisely, stay away from sarcasm, and consider alternatives. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. I love hearing from you. And, and you can do that on our webpage, voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. We also have a new face, Facebook page if you want to check that out. And you, and you can contribute to our show uh, via our webpage on Voice America via the link section. All right. Now, remember, all people know how to raise children by the one who's raising them (laughs) also that it's one thing to have an inner demon it's another thing to join their side and lastly you have to wonder if perfect people could fight and fart thanks for listening everybody
0: that's our show for this week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerments.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed